back, back. Back to life. Back to podcast. Check it, check it, check it, check it, check it. <laughs> All right, so it's a brand new year. It is 2021. And this is Growing Up Gay with your boys, Vaughn and Malik. My name is Vaughn. And my name is Malik. Happy New Year, you guys. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Da, 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 friend. Yeah. How was the end of the year and how has the new year been to you this far? Catch everybody up. Tell the girls um, what you've been up to. We what what we're fifteen days in. Um I'm all right. Shit's cool. You know, shit shit's been sweet. <laughs> you she, know she's been good to you. It's, you know, she's been good to me. Uh I spent my new year New Year's Eve, I had dinner, um <clears throat> dinner the dinner with my friend Blake. We went to apartment for a B, which is super cute, black owned and buckhead. Go check it out. Apartment for a B, I like that. Yep, down to the bar. Um then uh and then, you know, I had like a little New Year's, a small intimate celebration, really had a good time with Hope and um, and, and some, some of Blake's friends did that. And, and since then, I've just been, honestly, the last two weeks, I've been having a lot of interviews, a lot of job interviews. Yes. I feel I, like a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, listen, a bitch just needs to get one. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Okay. But... We're excited because obviously we know it's a numbers game. The more opportunity, right. the you know the greater chance of actually closing the deal on something. So there are a few things on the table. I had a final yesterday. Love that. And so I'm hoping, praying. I'm confident. I think I'm gonna get it though. Love that. You know. So we'll see. It's like this tech company, and um, that's cute. Yeah, I see that for you. It's really cute, but in, specifically because it's like. Um, it's tech for wellness studios and for oh, gyms really and for like beauty people. That is so really it's dope. awesome that I'll be able to kind of like merge like the business development in with like the yoga world that yeah. I so love. So they're gonna yeah. fuck around and have you teaching classes and selling products. Hey, and, bitch, and they're, gonna, they're gonna have shit. to fuck around and give a bit of dollars. <laughs> that's, what that's what they're gonna have to do. And luckily, it's owned by a black man. Oh, really? Yeah, so that was really cool. We we, we had a really awesome conversation yesterday, you know, which I was, I was. Up on that Zoom screen, looking like a million dollars, looking like a chocolate drop, like a million dollar bill. Say, oh, 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 up, down. <laughs> but yeah, it was cute, and and uh, you know, New Year still me. Um, I've been texting with this guy. He's super cute. We're gonna hang out next Wednesday. Ew. Interesting enough, I saw my friend Anthony. Shout out to Anthony L. I saw Anthony uh, Thursday night, and he said, "Molly, you either just got some, or you talking to somebody that you like." And I it was, was like, the glow. "It was the glow. It was the glow." He 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 clocked the glow. The new nigga glow. Then we well, got a new nigga <laughs> on you. You got a new nigga glow. That's what we're gonna call this because listen. I am glowing. I've been smiling at because we've been texting so much. It's giving high school for us. It's giving high. It's, it's giving like yeah. high school ring around the poses, a pocket full of roses, <laughs> ashes, Ash, ashes, ashes. We all fall down. <laughs> it's giving very much schoolhouse crush, and I don't mind it. You know, he's a sweet guy. He's very Aww. attractive, and so I'm going to see him this upcoming Wednesday for dinner. Love that. Love that. What else have you been up to? Oh, anything else you want to refresh the girls on? Or I mean, listen, yoga. Listen, listen, girlies, listen, girlies, girlies, buckle up. <laughs> oh, I'm, bitch, I'm back in therapy. You know. Oh, I love that. Back in therapy. I think I haven't been in therapy since maybe July was my last mm. therapy session. Um, right before unemployment ended, because mm. my therapist is one fifty a session. 
Okay. Listen, and I, and, and I ain't got I no insurance right therapist. And I ain't got no insurance right now. I should have been there. So I'm back in therapy, thank God. Bitch, that, that session I had, uh, Thursday, she it wore me out. Wore, she got you together. It got me together. Yeah, I was together. Together. Bitch was crying. Yeah. Bitch was very, very. That was me this morning listening to Leandria Johnson. Oh, she was she was singing, ministering, oh. ministering. Listen, ministering to your soul. That woman had me. She, I, I was watching her performance of Order My. Um, uh, uh, no, not Order My Steps. I watched that too, but uh, she was uh, tributing Marvin Sapp. Never would have made it. Yeah. And I was in bed, boo-hoo crying. Oh, like that's a really good song. Yeah. Interesting enough, the new the new nigga I'm talking to was actually this. He can sing. Oh, really? And he, yeah, we love that. And we we love a singing ass nigga. He was talking about some. He may sing. He he may sing that for his grandmother's memorial. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, because he just recently. I sang the lead to that in high school. Did but, you? Mm-hmm. Can we get a little bit a little bit of it right mm-hmm. now? We can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't about to get me. <laughs> I gotta warm my voice up for all of that. Period. Uh, I carry it on. Listen, for, for, okay, I'm gonna have sounding a mess. Um, but no, that's a good friend. That's a good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Great things are on the horizon. Great things are on the horizon. You know, um, <clears throat> and I think like most of us, I know we're gonna get into this later on in the show, but just trying to pull myself out of this triggered state from what happened on January 6th. Yeah. But um, other than that, teaching a bunch. White on white violence. White on white violence. Teaching a bunch. Um, had a meeting with Life Form. So all in all, things are going in a good direction. I'm excited. Good. I'm yeah. happy for you, friend. Yeah. Uh, shout out. Happy New Year. And uh, yeah. stay black. <laughs> and protect your magic. <laughs> and protect your magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been good since uh, last episode. Um. I've just been in school. I've been yeah. working. You know, I'm like a, I'm like a robot. I, I, I girl is a whole scholar, y'all. I'm like a robot. So I'm I'm same places, um, doing the same things. Like I said, focusing on school, working, going to the gym five days a week, trying to you know get the fitness, you know where the fitness needs to be. Um, the one exciting, really exciting thing for me has definitely been uh, this business that I'm focusing on. Um, I've been, it's been really exciting to receive products and receive ingredients and all of that stuff and kind of put everything together and um it's just really been exciting my new year i actually was sleeping before the the bell uh the yep the time changed or mm-hmm. whatever i i was awoken at 1205 like uh you're sleeping um and i text my mother dealt with the person that i was with yeah and then i went back to sleep <laughs> so uh, i went out that day as well we went out to dinner it was really really nice um but no, I've been good. Much like you, I've been in good spirits. I've just been planning and plotting. I've come to a lot of realizations, you know. Something about, you know, getting ready for 30 is just, Ooh. has me in Is like it knocking? This. Yeah, but it's a, it's a good knocking. Before, it was like an anxious knocking, and it's still anxious. Because, not that anything happens when you turn 30. Like, yeah. let's, we can all... I, 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 I do feel good about turning 30, though, this year. Yeah, I'm just... I feel good about it. I feel like... I'm excited. Only, so only good things can happen. Only like, good things can happen. I feel like I'm excited because I now know what I already knew, but I now like sit in it firmly that like the like I I tweeted this out yesterday. Shout out to the Let's Fight podcast with Tierra and Shari. Uh, they had a, they were asking questions, and um, one of the questions they asked was, "If you could go back to your 18 year old self, what would you tell them?" Mm. And I said to myself, "Let me pull it up that way I don't miss." 
quote my own damn self. Because <laughs> I was a high school um, senior, and I turned 18. We both were. Uh, yeah, I, I graduated. You did? Yeah. Okay, but no, I was, um, I was in high, I was, um. Right? Yeah. Anyway. When I turned 18, I, no, when I turned 19, I was a freshman in college. Yeah. What did I say to myself? Hold on, I'm pulling it up. I'm so sorry. I should already have this ready. Oh, okay. So what I said to myself was, you aren't blessed with many privileges, so the good life won't just come magically to you. Sorry, I said that wrong. You aren't blessed with many privileges, so the good life won't just magically appear for you. You'll have to work for it. It's not fair, but it is what it is. Start now. Because I feel like that's something that I really wish I could have told my younger self or my younger self really would have understood. I think I knew that already as as young me because being black and an immigrant, you get the story of you, and, and you get told you need to work three, four, five times as hard. And while that's understood, and I think I did a lot of that, especially in high school in my early years of college before I fucked everything up. Um, <laughs> um, even though I understood that, I think life for me had always kind of just happened. And I think I've mentioned that before on the podcast, how like the good things just always came to me, like Rihanna randomly following me and then like us building our relationship. That just happened. I wasn't trying for that. Um, even building a following on Twitter wasn't something that I aimed to do. I've never been like a tap dance tweeter. I've never been like, ooh, a moment is happening. Let me be a part of the moment and hashtag it for the sake of followers. Like I'm not, I don't utilize social media in that way. I should mm-hmm. have. <laughs> mm-hmm. I probably should have because I'd probably be getting money from it by now. But I, I was never that kind of person. So I just always let things, I'm a very genuine person. Mm-hmm. And I've always let things kind of happen to me genuine. But there's a, there comes a point where you need to go from being genuine to being driven and genuine. And I think that's what I am now. I'm very driven and I'm very genuine. And I think if my 18-year-old self would have known, like, hey, being a creative director is not just going to fall in your lap, despite sharing ideas with people, despite people thinking you have, you know, vision or people seeing your eye or your ear for things, it doesn't mean that they're going to take a risk on you. It doesn't mean they owe you anything. And it doesn't mean anything is going to happen for you. Yeah. So, like, put yourself out there. Break the mold. Break out of your own mold. And um, that's just something I've been really settled in. So, ironically, that kind of takes us directly into our get it together because the rest of what I want to say ties perfectly in with that. So, friend, I'm going to let you take over our get it together segment. Get it together. Get it together. Um, you guys get it together is when Vaughn and I sound off on something that is pertinent in our life, a health, a mental tip, a personal tip, whatever tip that, that you, you know, have been resonated with. Um, this week... My get together is actually something that my therapist told me, and, and she, uh, she free game, y'all, listen for, up. Oh, free game, free game. My, my therapist, she asked me, she asked me if 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 I um, tell stories to benefit myself. Ooh, yo, therapist be trying to read. <laughs> yeah, and 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 we're talking about the way that we frame stories, and 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 if we, and and if we frame stories to be the victim. Whether it's internally the story that we tell to ourselves, or if or if it's externally when we are sharing our stories with other people, if right. it's about something that like maybe we were wronged or something, like how do we frame it, and 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 why do we frame things that way? And so we were just kind of getting down to the nitty gritty of the why, mm-hmm. um, centered around um, centered around getting to the root of how we react. And mm. how we receive things because we're, because you know sometimes we can overreact Absolutely. to stories yeah and and oftentimes when we're overreacting we don't take the time to identify where this reaction is coming from mm. if it's just 
that I that I cut you off in the highway or or we were acting to six years of people not listening to you. You know, mm. or, or something like that. And so we were talking about, you know, how we tell our stories and ensuring that our reactions line up for the situation. Mm. Because oftentimes they do not. Oftentimes when we're reacting, we it is an amalgamation of so many things. And it's very easy to kind of turn our blinders off and, and, and get mindless in our reactions because oftentimes we're not checked on mm. that and keeping things in perspective. Right. So it was difficult. It was a very difficult session, but it was good because honestly, some of the things that some of the 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 topics that we got on in in this session were things that I that that things that I already was was thinking about and kind of like just really just festering on my spirit that I needed to to talk to her about and 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 it came out and I'm happy so now it's like we've we've been jotting down this roadmap of how we're gonna tackle it things I need to be doing offline right um to really see these seeds that I want to see in the new year grow mm-hmm. as far as healing. Um, because that's all that, that that that's really what it's about healing and also, oh oh I have this new book, Ooh, okay. and it's by this guy. And will you grab it right there? Yes, absolutely. it's it's underneath. Is it the love? The yeah the the love and rage one. So I have this new book by Lama Rod um, Owens. I think his last name is, and he is um, a llama, and which is a llama um, like the animal, <laughs> <laughs> not like the animal. A llama is a coveted title. Um, it's it's a Buddhist title, and someone oh has to, my bad, I yeah, to offend it's okay, and someone title. has to deem you. Um, this title, like a teacher or something like. Does that, that. have anything to do with Assalamualaikum? No. Oh. So Assalamualaikum is 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 something that Muslims say to acknowledge. Yeah, I, I was just wondering if they tied um, in. But, but no, they, they they don't tie in. But essentially, what what he says in this book is really quick. If I can get to it, I can't believe I just asked that. <laughs> it's okay. I think I'm happy you asked it. He's, so uh, so stupid. so James Sometimes. Baldwin says. Ooh, James Baldwin, we love that. We don't change anything. All we do is invest in people with the moral to change it for themselves. Ooh. We don't change anything. All we do is invest. All all we can do is invest people with the moral to change it for themselves. So essentially, um, the whole quote uh, James Baldwin is talking about when he meets people, all he can do is show up as his, as his full self and, 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 and hope that people will be able to see themselves with his honesty mm. and, and, and just... His I received fullness. that differently, but that was that was I love that. Yeah. 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 Well, well, how are you receiving that? It's funny because I was having this conversation with myself about how like things won't just magically appear with you. Because mm-hmm. I was reflecting on um just a lot of conversations I've had with people over the years and like where I should be and what I should be doing as far as creatively. Mm-hmm. And I, I came to an because uh, someone was essentially saying, like, oh, well, you've been surrounded by this is going to sound so shady, but like you've been around a lot of people that have like done really well for themselves or connected through Rihanna. Like she's kind of like helped people. She's put people, hired people, et cetera, et cetera. And like, why hasn't she done that for you? And I was like, I asked a very honest question to myself. If she was to bring me to like a company, what the fuck would she tell them? Like, what is there to invest in outside of like, yeah, I have ideas and yeah, I have vision. But if I haven't, taking the time to put my vision out there to really show others what my vision is 
what is there that she could invest in for you know what i mean like yes yes. she could hire me but who's to say that i'm worth worthy of that risk if i'm not showing that Mm -hmm. like i'm willing to put myself out there because i feel like a lot of the people that she had like for instance her new essence cover she has uh i had sorry if i'm mispronouncing your name or her name um rice of flowers who started out doing Savage by Fenty modeling. And now she's always been a makeup artist, but she's modeled for Savage by Fenty. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, I didn't realize she let Rice to do her makeup for this shoot. And it meant, meant a lot to her. And she's given a lot of people opportunities like that. Like Farron, when she worked with him um, on his magazine for the paper magazine. Um, my friend Sean is the Fenty Skin Ambassador. Like all those kind of people. And she does. She's that's one thing she's done throughout her career a lot. She'll reach down and like work with people that are maybe, maybe don't have the, the attention they deserve Mm -hmm. and she'll like use her platform and and the attention she does have and give them those eyes that they normally wouldn't have and then that then thrust them into the space Mm -hmm. of success celebrity etc etc and it's like if again what the fuck how i mean like i'm not you know i i I, you know what was interesting is that so that's how i received that That yeah yeah yes yeah thank you for 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 saying that but also i do yeah during my therapy appointment, she she was talking about courage mm-hmm. and how much courage it takes to tell the truth. Yes. How much courage it takes to be bold in your truth, yes. in your story, and it say, you know, this, this is what the fuck it is. Yeah. And I just want to just say that's what's up. Yeah. That you are aware. Yeah. And to say, you know what, this is what it is, but this is not what it's going to be forever. Period. Period. And. Yeah. Um, what's your get it together, bitch? <laughs> My get it together is allow yourself the time and energy to truly invest in yourself. If you, if you can give the white man's job 40 hours a week, you can give yourself a few hours a week to better your own existence. Um, and that speaks to everything that I was just talking about. Um, but especially because like I, I've, I'm going to mention it again for the second time, the business that I'm working on, it takes time. <laughs> like all the research that I've been doing, um, all the pricing, all the you know, even documenting and, and gathering like all everything that I've spent, itemizing all of it, um, and then, you know, making the products and all the things that I'm going to do is going to take time. And with everything that, th- that I'm doing right now, working a full-time job, being in school, and I want to get a certification in something that's going to take three to four weeks to finish, that's a lot to do on top of this company that I'm creating. But like, it's going to be worth it. And I deserve to do this for myself because... I don't want to work for people for the rest of my life. I feel like I'm entirely too creative. I feel like I'm entirely too gifted. I feel like I'm entirely too smart um, to have to work for anyone else for the rest of my life. And again, that's just me. I'm not saying that's everyone's story. I don't have a problem working with anyone else. Like, for instance, if someone was to come to me and be like, hey, here's $5 million. We want you to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do it. But, (laughs) (laughs) But I would prefer to work in a space where I'm happy and I get to be creative and I get to use my vision and use my skills to create legacy for myself, for my family. And then also, just like I said, to be creative. That's really what this is outlet is, is offering me. So I feel like we all have those things that we love. And, and it doesn't mean, you know, for everyone that's not starting a company, it could simply be going to the gym. You can be saying, I don't have time to go to the gym. Here's time to go to the gym. It could be getting up. Something I've been doing a lot more of is stretching. Like, I go to the gym and I, I used to spend like 15 to 20 minutes alone just stretching in the gym. Like 
doing a lot of floor stretching and I felt like I haven't not I felt like I haven't done that in a really long time when it comes to fitness. So <clears throat> and stretching really changes the game. It when does. you're lifting and stretching, yeah. You like your muscles just love it. Yeah. They so love it. It could be stretching, it could be going for walks. That's something I can't wait to do once the weather gets warmer again. It could be drinking tea, like whatever it is that you should or you need to make time for. Find a way to make the time for it. If it's going to better your, your life, if it's going to, if it's going to make you happier, healthier, if it's going to even offer you more, more knowledge about something, take the time. You're worth it. It's worth it. So that is my get it together for. It's worth it. Week. It's You're worth, worth it. it. You're worth it. You're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, marketing voice. <laughs> uh, with that being said, we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back with this week's Growing Up Gay. Hey y'all, it's Vaughn. Before we dive into this week's Growing Up Gay, I just wanted to remind everyone to please rate the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Five-star ratings and comments help to grow the show and we would greatly appreciate it. Now, back into this week's episode. Alright, so we are back with this week's Growing Up Gay. If this is your first time listening to this show, our Growing Up Gay segment is of course what the show is based off of it's where two three four uh, however many people we have on the show <laughs> but essentially it's where two two gay black men um share their experiences and discuss a multitude of topics it could be life it could be things going on um in socially it could be personal things whatever it is um and for this week it's kind of a running theme for this episode already um but i wanted to discuss our 20s all over again I feel like, like I said, with us stepping into our, getting ready to step into our 30s, um, reviewing your 20s and, and and really looking back at everything you've gone through, what made you make certain decisions, what made you who you are now, um, is really important because I think that's how you set yourself up to have a successful, fruitful 30s if that's what you want, right? If you don't want to repeat the same thing. Hey, you might have gotten your shit together by 25 and you're on autopilot, uh, Kudos, autopilot at this point. And if that's the case, shout the fuck out to you. <laughs> if you okay. done healed, you done did all your work, you right. good. You good. <laughs> shout out to you. Write a book, bitch. Let us know how you did Period. it. <laughs> um, but with that, um, Malik and I had a really good discussion. We went out to um, lunch and we were talking about this topic in depth and we just came up with some uh, questions that we wanted to ask ourselves and answer and things we wanted to delve further into. And um, one of the first statements or questions, if you will, is um, we've realized throughout your 20s, something you realize that life happens. But how do we respond to these events, right? That's what is most important. It's not what's happening to you. It's how you're responding to it and how that can hinder you as you continue to grow, Right. Um, for instance, for me, I, one of the stories that I share with Malik is my first foray into college, like my first experience with college. Um, I grew up in a situation where my, both of my parents, like I said, are immigrants. We came here from Jamaica when I was six, lived in Fort Lauderdale. My father went to school in Jamaica. My mother, um, got like licensed and stuff here, but neither one of them had, had the American college experience. Um, and I have two older brothers. One didn't go to college. Um, the other did, he got his degree. Um, but his experience was also different. And I say all this to say, not, not, like for me, my junior and my senior year of high school, I lived by myself. My mother lived in another country. I lived in our house. I ran everything. I took care of everything. Um, so when it came to prepping for college, I didn't have any help with that. 
Um, and I'm, I'm also not somebody that likes to ask for help. <laughs> so I did everything myself. I researched the schools myself. I applied myself. I did everything myself. I did everything but a college tour. Um, and when I got to my school, shout out to Georgia Southern University, the first GSU, um, I hated the school. Well, I should specify, I didn't hate the school. I hated the area. I had no clue that two and a half hours outside of Atlanta, a college town. I, when they said college town, I was thinking UCF. If you know University <laughs> of Central Florida, you know that like, yes, it's a little bit off the beaten path, but it's still like a developed city. Like there's still malls, there's still movie theaters, there's still f- clubs, there's still things to do. So when they told me college town, I was excited and I was looking forward to it. Again, I had never been there. So when I got there and I realized there was literally nothing but sticks, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Statesboro, <laughs> there's, there's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing in Statesboro, Georgia. Nothing there is there. the most popping thing at the time. I can't speak. This was nine years ago now, 10 years ago. Ooh, 10 years ago. Um, now, there was nothing. The, the most popping thing there was a, a Beals outlet. Y'all remember Beals outlet? Damn. That was the mo- that and Walmart were like the popping things. The movie theater there was built in the 1970s. So there was not a community and I it terrified me. And again, it was a mostly white space. So I was like, I remember my brother, because GSU used to have this thing, I don't know if they still have it, where freshmen can't have cars on campus. So although I had a car, I couldn't bring my car with me because my brother had to drop me off. Um and I, I remember I went to 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 I went to college early. Uh started in the summer. They had this program that was like, if you want to start early, you can start early. Me being me, <laughs> I was like, oh, you mean I get to graduate early? Bet. I'm going to start early. So I get there now, and I hated it. Like I said, there was nothing. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't the experience that I wanted for college. And I made an agreement with my parents that like, hey, if I go and I do really well you know, for the semester, I'm going to take off fall. Because again, I'm it's summer. So my parents were like... Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't think they really understood <laughs> what I meant by took off all, but anyway. So, sure enough, I went, I got like a 3.9 for summer, and I'm good. I'm Gucci. I'm, I'm In my head, I'm taking fall off. I'm going to transfer to Georgia State University, and I'm going to have what I thought the college experience should be, right? Going to the club, um, getting a job, having friends, going out. Very girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That that's that's where I thought my college experience was gonna be like. Like a like a, a, a girlfriends with school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and I like I said, I went to my, my family always goes to ter- to Toronto for the summers. Uh I have two cousins, they're both born the end of July, beginning of August. As you know, that's Carabana happens around that same time. So our family always goes there for that. And it's like a big family get together. So my cousin and I, we do everything together. We're a few months apart. We are like joined at the hip. We graduated high school together. We were starting college together, et cetera, et cetera. So long story short, my mom saw my cousin getting ready to, for a fall semester. And everyone started asking me, like, what about you? Yeah. What how, Are you excited about fall? And I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I'm taking fall off. What do you mean? Like, I'm not even going to school this fall. Like, I... And my mother, everyone, my aunts and all of them were like, oh, what? What do you mean? I was like, yeah, I'm not going. To, like, I'm, I'm already in college, guys. Yeah. Like, I'm there. I'm registered. I'm a student. I have yeah. a 3.9. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I did it already. Yeah. But that, no one could compute that. <laughs> yeah. That I was already, all, all they heard is, he's not going to school this fall. The world is ending. Yeah. So after a long, arduous week of arguing and fighting, passive me was like, whatever you want, mom, I'm going to go to college. Okay. Went to college and flunked. 
Mm. I was depressed. I ate my depression. Mm. I barely left my room. The only thing I was doing was tweeting and talking shit. Damn. And depressed, crying, depressed. Um, I went from having a 3.9 to a we're not going to discuss it. <laughs> Damn, bitch. Um, not, not to a we're not going to discuss right. it. Right. And then that threw me off the beaten path when it comes to school. And essentially, I had t- choices at that time of how I was going to respond to it. And I chose to respond by shutting down. Yeah. Because that's what I was more comfortable and more used to doing. As opposed to simply saying, okay, self, these old people don't know what they're talking about. Just go beast through the semester. Yeah. Beast through it. Beast through spring. Summer comes around. You just transfer and you'll be good. Instead of doing that, I allowed myself to slip and fall. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a one way or one experience if you will that just shows there can be two responses and how you respond to events is far more important than what the actual event is Mm -hmm. so do you have any experiences like that in your 20s where you're like "Mm, if i would have responded to this differently the outcome would have probably been more beneficial that's really interesting absolutely i think you know my 20s have been about me being heard Mm. and and, and not in me yeah me wanting to be heard because i felt unheard and unseen as a child for so long mm. and so then once i became like once i became 18 19 20 like i became an adult y'all bitches gonna see me y'all, y'all gonna, gonna see hear me. me y'all gonna hear me <laughs> nigga be, you know what i'm saying like that's what it was very like ego for me like you know like wanting to be seen wanting to be heard and 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 if i could not be seen and, and, and if i could not be heard going to extreme lengths to get that attention that i wanted right whether it'd be like Sabotaging friendships, right? Um, whether it be uh, quitting jobs, just whatever it was that I felt like I was being violated, mm. you know. And 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 I think that's why earlier when I was talking about how do we tell stories? Yes. Um, I was telling myself that this what what is happening is so awful this is so bad right. <laughs> right. This is so bad that why me why me oh my god <laughs> you know this this is so bad that i just, i can't, this is so bad i can't function right i can't function and 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 it, it's it's just it's literally a trauma response absolutely you know um <clears throat> so yes there there there've been countless stories i think the one that sticks out the most is when I had a manager at Macy's. He wasn't my manager. Mm. He, he, was, he was a manager at Macy's. This guy named Vincent. He worked at Macy's. And I worked in Ralph Lauren. And he was like the urban manager. Like for like Sean John shit like that, right? Right. And so. Urban. I love that word. He was, he was one of those gays that was not open, openly gay. But nigga, you, you didn't have to be openly gay. Everyone We did. can tell. We can tell. <laughs> and so this was like 2009. Um and no yeah like ten, and he's the gay manager whatever everyone, everyone knows. I see him out at a party one night. Mm-hmm. Wrong, she never should have saw him now. So I'm at a party I'm like I'm like hey Vincent, I saw him. I go up to him. Hi, how are you? You know, <laughs> maybe, your team, man. <laughs> exactly. Maybe very catty because I'm right. like I said, I'm t- I'm night I'm nineteen. Right. You know, being very catty because this this manager is is not like 
being nice to me. Right. And I'm thinking that we're both gay. You should be nice to me. But that's why he wasn't nice to me. But that's why he wasn't nice to me. He said, how dare this fag be confident? Exactly. (laughs) Hide that shit like I do. Exactly. So he wasn't nice to me. So I went up to him just to let him know that, bitch, I see you. I see you. I see you. We see each other. We see each other. It's very much that. Like, stop playing with me. Right. So I see him and he's very standoffish. Well, you know, even then he just was very, he wasn't very nice. And then after that, I was, I was, I was like, hey, like, I'm back in, like, hey, yeah, fun party, right? And he was like, <laughs> back up. Like, he was very much like, bitch, back up. <laughs> bitch, don't talk about that up in right. here. Next thing I know, I'm being pulled into meet into closed door meetings. Not HR. <laughs> Not even with a, I should have got HR involved. You should have. I should have, but he he he's taking me in stock and telling me that I'm going around telling people his business and if I don't stop, we're gonna end up in HR having a conversation. So I better stop. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, you bitch, you ain't say you ain't said nothing. <laughs> he he made it worse for me at that point. <laughs> he lit the flame. <laughs> he lit the flame. Because I was like young, rebellious, in my twenties, thinking right. like you're you're not going to you're not going to like be mean to me, reject my just camaraderie and my friendship. Right. And then try to shit on me. Oh no. Yeah. I made it worse for you. I was like, I was like, yeah, bitch, I seen Vincent gay ass at a party, bopping <laughs> around, doing you know what I'm saying? Like just like, doing a single ladies routine. Yeah, doing a single ladies routine. <laughs> like, bitch, I made it, bitch. I don't give a fuck. Because you You added you added yeah, everything that, yeah, that bitch, bitch had on a wig. He had a wig <laughs> and he was wearing pumps. You know, period. <laughs> like I went the fuck off. But I think ultimately, you know, that is just the way I was framing that story. Right. That he was doing that he was being mean to me. But ultimately the man just didn't want to the man didn't want shit to do with me. Went, right. And that's fine. And that's his right. And that's his right. Yeah. And 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 instead I took that personal yeah. and created an Don't issue. Right. And I created an issue when there wasn't one. Right. And um it's unfortunate. Yeah. But I I've, I've definitely considered. Macy's loves hiring. You know I didn't get a job at Macy's because I wasn't visibly gay. <laughs> I swear to God. I cannot with you. I swear. I'm dead ass. I was applying to, because you know, okay, you know the carpet section of Macy's. Yeah. Right? They make bank, first of they all. They do. They sell those rugs, sell yes. the furniture. Yeah. So when I got fired from Home Depot, that was the only job I've ever been fired from. Um, I, and it wasn't my fault. It was an attendance <laughs> thing. I was in college. They kept trying to schedule me when like, I, anyway. Um, <laughs> so I was applying for jobs or whatever. And I had, there was, I had literally made it to the last round of the interviews, bodied the last round of the interview. And then like, I just knew I was going to get this job. And I was mad hype because I was like, well, I'm about to be making like 60K. I was like a young 20, yeah. 21. So I was like, if I'm making that kind of money at 20, 20 like, girl, fuck school. I'm, I'm like, yeah. ready. Yeah. And then... I remember I had been interviewing with this black lady the whole time, and then the last person I interviewed was, was this white lady, mm-hmm. and it was this old white lady who looked like, what's that white woman at that evangelist, the televangelist, the white woman, Paula White. Paula White. She okay. looked like her, but like dramatic, like more dramatic Paula White. Okay. The big hair, the lips, the longer nail, like the whole thing, <laughs> the whole big southern. Yeah. That, right. So she was like the big boss. I had, like I said, I had been interviewing with a black lady the whole time, but she was actually leaving. Okay. So there was like a week interim between my what was my last interview. So in that week, she had left already. Yeah. So I was getting interviewed by the white lady now. Yeah. And I had an amazing interview. She brought me to the other lady, this this um, Hispanic lady, and then I just knew I was gonna get this job. Right. I knew I was gonna get the job, and then I remember them coming out and telling me like, "Hey, we love you. 
Like, they, they were like, oh, just give us 10 minutes. And they came on, they were like, hey, you know, we love you, da-da-da, but, you know, unfortunately, we we're going to, you know, go with someone else. Mm. And I remember I was so bummed, and I was Damn. walking out, and I was leaving, and there was a black dude that worked in there, uh-huh. and he, like, chased me down. He chased me down, and he was like, yo, 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 yo. Let me tell you, he was like, yo, it's not even you. Because he saw he saw that I looked, like, sad or whatever. He yeah. Was like, he was like, yo, it's not even you. Like, well, I don't know why I'm giving him this accent, because he's from Atlanta. <laughs> but he was like, hey, bro, you know, it's not even you. He was like, let me tell you something. He's like, you, 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 he's like, I heard you were great. Like, they really liked you. Da, da. But he was like, yo, they don't hire straight straight dudes like us. They don't hire straight dudes. He was like, I bet you. He was like, if you was gay, he was like, I know they would have hired you. He was like, yo, I'm the only straight one here. And the only reason why I'm here is because the lady that was interviewing you, she hired me. And she left, like I said, during the week interim. Yeah. Um. So he was like, yo, if she was still here, she would have definitely hired you. But them, all they hire is gay dudes. He was like, yo, if you was gay, you would definitely get the job. And on the inside, I'm like, I am a whole family. I am gay. What is he talking about? <laughs> um, oh my god! Yeah, Macy's loves a gay uh, employee. Macy's does love a gay. They employee. do love a gay man. Um, so one of the other questions that I wanted to ask was like, what happens when you know better but you don't do better? Yeah, I feel like that is one of the things a lot of our twenties is about because people always say twenties is like for making mistakes, right? Yeah, but what they don't ever say is a lot of the times you know you are making a mistake. Mm-hmm. And you just do it anyway. Yeah. So, like, do you have any experiences where you're like, I shouldn't, have, I knew I shouldn't have done this, and I did it anyway? <sighs> Bitch, so many times. I mean, I think the one that sticks out the most is, oh, I want to say quitting my job earlier. Mm, that's honest. That's honest. Can, can we both go there? Because um, I will go there with mine I, as well. I, I want to say that, but ultimately... I think what I think for me, I, I won't even say it's that decision yeah. because that decision allowed a lot of other opportunities that that I'm really happy and proud about that, and it never and, and those opportunities would have not come if I'd have been working that job. Right. So what I will say is, I think the biggest know better but didn't do better is me continuing to make decisions without realizing the consequences that come with them. Mm. So me having the mindset that give us an example. Um, because so, the job okay. one was so so me. so so a, a a really good example of of me quitting my job. How let's talk about fallout. This week was a very hard week because my childhood best friend had a blood transfusion, three blood transfusions, oh, wow. and then I everyone knows on the show that I'm HIV positive. I don't have private insurance anymore, so I am now on Medicaid. Medicaid is a program that people that are living on the margins that are low income can apply for this. It's just subsidized healthcare. Right. So the medication that I take, um, I was getting it paid through the manufacturer for the longest right. through this like copay assistance program. Well, long story short, I find out that I've been kicked off this program. Wow. So we go from me, I've always had private insurance all of my life, and then now all of a sudden I quit my job where I was making X whatever amount of dollars, private insurance. I lived in a high rise, had this fabulous life. Now that's been that's gone. Right. Now I'm having to figure out how I'm how I'm gonna pay my bills because I expected to go on a yoga tour this year. Right. Well, last year that was gonna bring me just some, the same amount of money I was I was making at my last job. There was like things happening that were gonna right. subsidize that income. Right. But the consequences of quitting your job is that um it left me vulnerable. 
And it, and it and it has tremendously impacted my personal life, my spiritual mm-hmm. life, um, just my life in general. And there are consequences. Now I can't see my therapist once a week how I used to before. Right. Now I want to see her. I have to pay cash, one fifty. I have to save that money up. Right. Now I have to fight with this insurance company to make sure that they're going to pay for my medication. Wow. So. Yes, I did a class with the Human Rights Campaign last year. Yes, yeah. I did Glass. Yes, I did all these other. Yes, I was on a magazine. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But those things are awesome, but they do not negate the consequences that came with quitting my job. That's real. Quitting my job created space and room for me to work hard to accomplish those things that I really wanted as a yoga teacher, but it also created room and space for me to be emotionally and spiritually and physically impacted by the services and the resources that come with being a corporate professional, which is what, which is what, which is what I, what I was before. Right. And so I knew better. I knew that. Um, and we discussed this prior to, I knew but I, that no one saw Corona coming. So no one saw Corona yeah. coming. And so that's, that's like the grace. Yeah. Be, 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 be like, okay, don't Malik, don't be too bad on yourself because you no didn't, you didn't, yeah. I didn't think that two months after I quit my job, the world would shut the down. The world would shut down. <laughs> and, right. I, and I would get um, roughly $20,000 worth of cancellations yeah. in, in yoga bookings yeah. of different studios I was going to go teach at. So it's like that impacted my life. And I and what was interesting is that back in, back in December of 2019, my therapist mm-hmm. was saying, Malik, are you sure that, that you're going to make this decision? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? She wanted me to see that I could have both, that I could have mm-hmm. the life that I wanted and also keep my job. But I was very impulsive. I wanted what I wanted. Right. Um, and I just, and I did not want to listen to what you're saying. I was like, right. no, bitch. I, I, was, I know what I'm doing. It was very egotistical. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and again, we have to come into the fact that I did, but there are consequences that come with those things. Yeah. And and I guess now the question is, have the consequences outweighed the result? No. Right. Just because of the fact that the dream that I had was accomplished. Right. Mm. The dream that I had was accomplished. Right. I, I, I have lived the dreams I wanted. You you finished the race. I finished the race. The, fir- but the first pr- the first place prize wasn't what you thought it was going it to was be. It was not what I, what I thought well, it was I should say be. the destination wasn't what you thought it was going to yeah. be while you were on the road to but, get But I got there, the prize. But you got there. And, yeah. and, and I got... But the it, it left a lot of bruises. Yeah. It left a lot of bruises. I have scars that, that, that say, yeah, I got the prize, but it, it, didn't, it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. Right. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think quitting my job would be, that's honestly, that's mine as well. Yeah. That's mine as well. I mean, much like you, I was in, I I didn't see Corona coming. Um, I, when I quit my job, I had another job. Um, I had another job and I, and it's funny, I left my job on a bang. Like I left my job. Bad bitch status. Bad bitch status. (laughs) I like, I I stormed my director. Uh I, 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 Sat her in the best way I could. Like, I really shook shit up before I left. And I left feeling amazing. 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 I felt like, I felt like 
Yes, you bitches gonna feel that I'm not here. And they did. That's what, it, that's what it is. I will say they that's did. That's what it was. But I left with one job, like, in the tuck. And, like, a week after I put in my, my two-week notice, I got informed that that job was no longer tucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was much like RuPaul untucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I gagged because I was like, holy shit. I've never not had a job. Yeah. Since 21, I've always had a job. And, I mean, I only started working at 20. So, like... I've never been, I was never a gay that jumped from job to job to job. No shade to those that do. I was never, I was never someone that didn't work. I was working two and three jobs at some point. Like I I always had a job. And when I ended up not having a job in the moment, I actually wasn't that worried because I knew how qualified I was. I knew I'm great at interviews. And while I was interviewing, on this inter in the interim of not having a job, I was getting offers. It was just much like you. I was like, I know what I want. Yeah, I know where I want to be. Yeah. I know what I want it to look like. Yeah, mm-hmm. and none of these things that I'm getting offered is it. That's it. And then finally, I land. Well, to be fair, I landed one job and ended up not getting it because of someone else. Someone lied on me and my and how I perform. Yeah, because they wanted their friend to get the job. Yeah, um, and they succeeded in that because their friend did get the job. But you know, God is so good because she ended up getting fired. <laughs> um, so glory. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that's bad, but she did end up getting fired. Her friend got ended up with the job and she ended up getting fired. Um, but I didn't get that job and that was a six figure job. And then I was really sad and I was like, what is this weird place that I'm in? Granted, I had savings and I had money. So financially, it wasn't a problem for me, but I didn't know what to do with myself because I didn't have a job. And then I finally landed this amazing, what was going to be probably, well, not probably, easily my most sickening job yet. Six figures, Monday through, well, Monday through Thursday, work from home on Fridays, be off at one while working from home on Fridays and this just amazing job. And then literally... Two days before my final interview, which is was like a, they told me it was like a ten minute come meet everyone and see where your space is going to be situation. Yeah, Corona knocked on the door and was like, "I'm here, yeah. <laughs> I'm here." Yeah, you know. So I didn't have a job, and then there I was in New York paying rent mm-hmm. with no job, with no job, like figuring out ordering Uber Eats, next. ordering Uber Eats. Go well, I mean, I wasn't going out because Corona. I was in the house mostly, um, but for a while I didn't. I didn't have a job and I I went about four months without working and I was like, well, five months actually without working. And that was foreign to me. Mm-hmm. I never had that experience before and it was terrifying. And I had to move back to Atlanta and all these different things. And then I ended up, in, you know, getting a, a good job or whatever. But that was one of those situations where I felt anxious when I was putting in my two weeks. Although I knew I had a job, I felt anxious even then. And I was thinking to myself, should I go out how I'm going out or should yeah. I like keep it cute? You know, yeah, but you know what though? For me, it was definitely ego. It was ego driven. No, mine was as well. <laughs> it was. It was like mine was all it, ego. It was like I'm gonna let you bitches know what time it is. Exactly. Mine and, was all ego because it, it was like yeah. y'all don't appreciate me. Yeah. So let me show you bitches like who the well, fuck you know I am. What? I will say this: my job really did uh, love and appreciate me. Yeah, it treated me really well. But yeah. but the, the gag was I just I wanted to do my own thing. Right. I just wanted to be on my own. Yeah. And on here my own. and here I am on my own still making it still paying my bills with the If you know is, where that's from, I love you. It's motherfucking Pella Bill. No, it's not. Pella Pella Bill got a song called On My Own. Yeah, she does, but that's actually from Sarah Vaughn. Um, oh. a live performance from Sarah Vaughn. She does that. It's shout out okay. shout, shout out to Sarah Vaughn. I love Sarah Vaughn. Shout out. Um but um yeah. That's Yeah. <laughs> ego. Ego <laughs> beat our ass in our ego. 20s, ego. Ego. So speaking of ego 
How do you valid? How do you validate your experiences? How do you validate your experience for yourself? Ooh, this is a question that or a topic that we thought about because a lot of the things you do in twenties is to validate yourself, right? A lot of the circles you hang out with, circles you hang out in, a lot of the people you date, a lot of the ways you associate yourself are to validate whatever idea of yourself exists, right? But when that gets stripped away from you. When you, like, Corona, I think, is an amazing, God, I hate bringing it up in a positive light, but it's, it, was, it, did an, it was an amazing equalizer, right? Because a lot of the people who use their job status, I was one of those people, I, I can say it, I can own that now. I was one of those people that was like, I have a great job, I make great money, I wear, I wear suits every day, I'm around millionaires and billionaires and royalty stays at my property, and I'm the only black manager, well, yeah. only black male manager, there was a black woman manager. Um, so my job gave me a lot of status, it yeah. gave me a lot of identity. Yeah. Um, the things that I wore, the the kind of even the kind of cologne that I wear, yeah, a lot of those things mm-hmm. were, were pivotal for how I identified myself. Being Jamaican, and I'll be very honest, it's uh, it, I, sometimes I u- utilize it in like a. Oh, I'm not one of these African Americans. <laughs> like, again, I'm not. <laughs> I love everyone, but sometimes I do get to be like. Mm, that's y'all. I, I, actually, I'm West Indian. Listen, the struggle. <laughs> right. It's like the struggle. Actually, I'm West Indian. Right. So I don't really know about you African-Americans <laughs> and your struggle, but like as a West Indian. <laughs> as, a, as a West Indian. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So there's a, a lot of those identifiers. Like we use those things to validate us in our experience, mm-hmm. right? When that gets stripped away from you and you have nothing left but you. Mm-hmm. How do you validate your experience for yourself, truly? Like, regardless of other people's opinions, how do you validate your own experience? So, honestly, I've I've read a book called The, the Sort of Art of Not Giving a Fuck a few years ago by Mark mm. Ronson. And in that book, he talks about your values and how at the end of the day, we all we are are our values, the things that we hold near and dear to us. And those are the things that qualify our existence and who right. we are. And I completely believe that. And it took me all, all the last year to kind of figured that out um well well let's, i guess to dig deeper into that and i've been able to validate my experiences through this corona season because i've been broke all corona season most okay um <laughs> bitch most of us have you know i lived with my aunt for the first six months and then moved back, and then moved back back to the city to old fourth ward um but i validated myself through like bravery through perseverance because you know being not being afraid to still do things and then doing those things and doing them in the fear like putting the a second ometer collection out writing mm-hmm. to magazines saying that I want to be featured right. you know going out and trying to recruit people to be ambassadors you know managing managing those relationships you know still still trying to be a yoga teacher figuring out where where and how I can teach how can I continue to connect people like so taking my passions and still make making them come to fruition it, regardless of this season was really affirming right um and um really made me feel like okay this the value of tenacity the value of of you know 
sticking with it even in the fear and then and now having the experience of knowing how it feels to do things and be scared as hell um that really affirmed just <clears throat> i guess my will to survive mm. because corona tried to kill us she did and then and, and not only did corona try to kill us um Police brutality tried to kill us. Mm-hmm. You know, systemic racism, Donald Trump, you know, all that this shit, been trying all to kill this us. shit that happened. <laughs> that shit um, been trying to kill you us. You know, last year tried to kill us. And so I think that the fact that we all are still here is definitely validated those experiences for me. Absolutely. And and I can and I look to those like, you know what, okay, yeah. Shit is not so bad after all. Because be, j- just because of the will. Right. Yeah. I actually really agree with that. I think one of the, th- the ways that I've learned to validate myself, um, I am so sorry if y'all hear people screaming in the background. It's the, <laughs> it's the outside, truth. Y'all. It's the chairman, On the y'all. playground, they're going Somebody picking at them. Um, but <laughs> it, I think one of the ways that I've learned to, to validate myself, um, again, one of the things Corona taught me is that I can always get back on my feet. Mm. My, my will, my, um, my mouth. Yes. I can talk, I can will things, and then also my intelligence. I'm good in a room when I need to be. When I need to present or carry myself a certain kind of way, I I know that I can. I I just feel like when everything else gets stripped away from me, I still have my drive, I still have my passion, I still have my intelligence, I still have my kindness, I still have my humility, I still have my genuine love um, for people, yep, and for even people that I don't personally care for, I still always want to make, want all people to be okay, mm-hmm. except for Trump. He can rot. Oh, no, that, <laughs> that, that motherfucker can, can just fucking um, shrivel away. But I know I'm a good person, and I feel like that validates me more than anything else. Is I'm a and I, I don't have to try to be a, a, a good person because unfortunately some people do have to try. Yeah, but I feel true. like. I'm telling you, some people yeah. really do have to try to be good people. Work at it. They have to work at it. And yeah. I think for me, what really validates everything is I'm a good person. Yeah. I'm not a perfect person. By any chances, stretch of the imagination, I might get on your nerves, but I know that I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that I'm a good person. Um, so down to our last two questions. Reckless behavior. <laughs> Why do we choose? Because a lot of us, unfortunately, especially throughout our 20s, we have chosen internal and external violence. Yes. So let me know some of the internal and external violences you have chosen in your 20s where you were like, you know what? You know what? Let me tell you something. I'm going to shake this room up. I'm going to shake this. Some, so, so I remember some, some internal violence that I've, that I've chosen to entertain in my 20s. I remember I was falling out with a friend. Um, a college friend and me and this friend were at war about something and this friend had been texting me and I was ignoring I had been ignoring their messages not even responding they were sending me paragraphs and messages and so I know it was burning them <laughs> they up they were writing you a four page letter so I know it was tearing them up that I was like not saying nothing just leaving them on read right right and finally they, they, like let's say let's, let's say a whole weekend goes by Monday morning <laughs> Monday morning, six AM, I wake up to a message from them. I'm like, oh I'm like, wow. So I finally respond, I say, Wow, y- you wake up thinking about me, huh? <laughs> Question mark. Oh! <laughs> 
Wow. So, so we're talking the whole Friday to Sunday. This person's wow. texting on it. I'm ignoring it. And I went until Monday morning. Bitch, I would have found you. I went until Monday morning. I on your front door. <laughs> and like they text me Monday and, and they're like, you know, it's funny that you've been ignoring me, not texting back. They're like, you know, just like try reading me again. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> bitch, I'm about to dust you. And I sent that message and they got to. Sending all kind of stuff. Fingers against, got the fingers got, and, I, and I hit the block button. <laughs> so then I said what I said. I, I said what I what said. I said. And, I and, it's and, and it's not changing. And it's not changing. And it's and so you know that is when I chose violence. And 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 you know although they were berating me, yeah, the, it it was in their nature to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. I knew that by ignoring ignoring them would hurt them more than right. than entertaining them. Wow! Silence, not yeah. saying anything. Dust. And then I knew that when to strike. Yeah. This is what this is. This is when you're gonna gag. You got me. some Scorpio on your chart, friend. Maybe because <laughs> that was very. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tactical <laughs> move. And you know that's <laughs> how we are. Scorpios will act <laughs> like ain't nothing going on, and, and then all of a sudden. All of a sudden. <laughs> Maybe, bow, bow. <laughs> but you know, so that was. I personally do feel like we all should reside between violence mm-hmm. and celestial behavior, mm-hmm. somewhere in the gray. <laughs> personally, because sometimes you do have to choose violence. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like you do have to wake up and choose. You know what? I'm gonna have to check this bitch. Yeah. And that is violent, e- even when it is to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, anger and rage is okay because I feel like anger and rage helps you identify what you're really upset at. Right. You know, it helps you get down to the meat and potatoes. So, um, I have no problem with people being angry, being upset, and choosing violence because I think, you know, it's it's we do need to express ourselves in ways that are not physically and emotionally harmful to others. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So a bitch, a bitch. <laughs> Bitch, you wake up thinking about bitch, me. Bitch, you huh? wake up thinking about me. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> um, I, I definitely, uh, I'm not a choose violence kind of person. Yeah. I'm a, um, oh, let me choose peace. Or yeah. let me choose um, a blanketed violence. I'm good at that. Okay. I'm good at like, oh, I'm going to let you think you won. <laughs> but I really won. <laughs> so the only time that I ever genuinely chose violence in my 20s um was with my old director. Oh yeah, um, you definitely. Yeah, that I chose. Listen, there was that, that was a six month war. Yeah, and I chose to go to war every fucking day. Um, I had a director that was just awful. She was bad at her job. She had a bad reputation. She only got the job because of nepotism. She was uh, <laughs> I'm come serious. on nepotism. Um, you know, she was a white woman that was, um, in my personal opinion, underqualified. Um, and her performance showed that. Also, her history, track history showed that. And I think she had um, she had an issue with people that knew things and weren't afraid to say that they knew what they knew. She loved dumb and um, p- uh, passive and complacent people. And I'm none of those things. So um, I'm, I, I come across passive, but anyone that gets to know me in real life knows that I'm quite assertive, just in very uh, delicate ways. Um, like I said, I'll let you think you got the win, but in reality, I've already, it was because I orchestrated it in a way to, that way both of us can win. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So with her, I literally um, got to a point where I was like, oh, I don't like her. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't really get to that point with many people. Like I always tell people, because I am a bit passive in in how I carry myself or seemingly passive, I get along well with people. Like I don't have to try. I'm very I'm I'm one of those people that's like I see people for who they are and where they are and I accept it. I don't try to change them. I don't try to better them. I don't try to any any of those things. That's who you are and that's where you are and I'm gonna accept you for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um and she was one of those people and I tried to do that with her, but it didn't work. So I'm a professional, I carry myself well, I do my job very well, but with her I had to actively choose violence. And it was more so advocating for myself than it was violence. But it went from advocating for myself to, mm, no, I don't really like you, so I'm going to do what I do when I don't like people. Ice you out. Yeah. So she did not exist to me. Yeah. I wasn't responding to any of her, much like you. I wasn't responding to any emails. Mm-hmm. I wasn't responding to any text messages. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, she would be, good morning, and I would just walk right past her like yep. she didn't see her. Yep. None of that. <laughs> Icing someone out no pleasantries. is hurts more than me slapping you yeah oh it burned her it up burns. especially because she was one of those people that like because she was trash she liked to appear that she was doing her job really well so i always tell people you can go and do the fuck out of your, your job one time right and that one time is all you need to be there to do the fuck out of your job and then there are other people that will go there five ten twenty times and do absolutely nothing but because that person is always around and the job always gets done, people are like, well, damn, this person is the common de- denominator. When in reality, no, they just happen to be there. The job is getting done by other people. Mm. Like me who came there one time and did enough to last. She's just always around. So, like I said, I iced her out completely. She took me, she took me to HR. And HR was like, well, girl, he's doing his job. He's doing everything you're asking him to do. He's just not talking to you. (laughs) Like, we can't force him. They were like, is he yelling at you? No. Is he cursing at you? No. Is he, like, doing anything aggressive? No. He's just not my friend. (laughs) And they were like, well, sis, he doesn't have to be. He just has to do his job. Is it affecting customers? No. What do you want us to do? (laughs) HR was basically like, well, sis... I, we like we're gonna avoid you, <laughs> and then it it got to her so much so that like we could not be in the same room. Not because I couldn't be in the room, but she couldn't take. And I remember one time she was calling me down to to a, a, a guest room because she wanted to have a discussion with me, and I said no. I said if you want to speak with me, we can speak in HR. And she said no. Come to the suite. I need to speak to you. And I responded to her. I said, and this was funny because I wasn't texting her back that whole day. But this is the one text I said to her. I said, I'll be in John's office if you need to speak with me. Other than that, there's no communication that needs to be had. (laughs) And she called me and I could hear her voice trembling. Yeah. She was talking (laughs) like this. And then I remember I answered. I remember I answered and I was like, good afternoon. And I said, I need you to come to the suite now. And I said, per prior communication, if you need to speak with me, I will be. I don't understand why you're being so. And I said, well, I can sense some anger in your tone. So if you need to speak with me, I will be happy to meet you in John's office. (laughs) Outside of that, have a great day. And I hung up the phone. And she was in her office crying. My assistant director, who was my, that was my bitch. She came to me laughing, dying laughing, because she didn't like her either. She was like, what did you do to that lady? She is in her office crying. And I was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. 
work there. I did it. I didn't do either. I did it. I didn't do either. She was she, she she wanted to control me. She framed it in her mind. Yeah. And and it, it was she she took it as an attack on her. her. The yeah. fact that you would not do what she exactly. was saying. Exactly. And she worked herself up. Yeah. And that's not your responsibility. It was not. And she was all red in the face and crying. Yeah. Just <laughs> she white tears. Had my she had my hotel manager bring me in his office like, can you please just be her friend? <laughs> please talk to this lady because she's getting on my nerves. Oh my god. And gosh. I was like, no. So that was and and that went on for like I said, like six months until I left. Six or eight months until I left. <laughs> yeah. So that was you guys. These are the stories that me and Vaughn were talking about. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. You guys, we have so there's so, so many, many things that I have so many when it comes to like oh my, my job, especially that experience that those two two years, so Ooh. many experiences. Uh, so the last question, we're gonna round this thing on out. When did you realize that how you were reared doesn't have to define who you become? Because a lot of people don't realize that who their parents or how their parents or adults around them raise them doesn't have to be who they are for the rest of their life you have a point when you realize oh i have full autonomy like, mm-hmm. i can decide to like for instance you always had to hug people or go hug your uncle go hug it no now it's uh, hi i don't have to hug you i don't have to talk to you i don't have to raise my children to be like that so at what when did you realize that you had like full autonomy and you didn't have to be the malik that your parents raised i'm still learning love that I'm still learning that. Yeah. I'm still learning that I have control over my body. Yeah. Seriously. Me too. I'm still learning that I can that I can control my own fucking body. Yeah. And my own fucking mind. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate going super super deep, but like, you know, I have a lot of trauma in within my life mm-hmm. that has informed me that I don't have control over my body, over yeah. the over over the over the things I say. Yeah. Um, and it's like me learning relearning that yes, I do. Right. And and validating that yes, I do have control of my body. So honestly, I'm learning. Um, yeah. And every time that I, for an example, um, just me coming home and saying, "Oh, let me brush my teeth and wash my face before I go to sleep." Yeah, is me having control of my body. Yeah, simple things like that. Simple things like that because yeah. it builds systems mm-hmm. that. Ultimately, equate to worth and value. Right. Do you value yourself enough to wash your face before you go to bed? Because you know, washing your face leads to what result? You know, clearer skin, having a deeper appreciation of of yourself. Yeah. People affirm self care, care, self care. So you know, so all those things, I think, just kind of, um, you know, factor up to having control. So honestly, I'm still learning. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I. Sorry, um, I 1000% agree with that. I'm also still learning. I yeah. think for me, the first time that I realized it like fully was moving to New York, um, which is why I always say I would never re- regret that experience or that decision. Um, it was the first time I ever made a decision truly for myself. Um, my mother did not want me to go. My mother and I had a very rocky relationship um, for about six to eight months after that. Um, I think it was a culmination of things because it was like, hey, you just came out of the closet. <laughs> so now I know you suck dick. And now you're about to be sucking dick in New York. <sighs> away from me. Away from me. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to tell you to do everything yeah. that I tell you to do now. I'm yeah. not going to be able to lean on you the way I lean on you now. That was a decision that I had to make for myself. And I didn't have a lot of time to make it, but I made it. 
And like I said, it came with some repercussions because my mother was not very warm to me for about six months. <laughs> um, she was still, you know, a worried West Indian mother. So she still would like call me, but it was like very short. Yeah. She was very short with me for a while. Um, and when she came there, it was very validating because she realized like, oh, you're okay. Like, despite, like I said, me being raised to be extremely independent, like I said, from like eight or nine, I knew how to cook full meals and take care of a house. But, like, there was something about me being fully outside of her space and in a, in a where she couldn't touch me. She couldn't drive over to see me. And her coming to see that everything was okay. Yeah. That I was actually in a very nice apartment. That I, like, my room was really nice. That, like, everything was good. Yeah. And that was really validating because it was like, oh, did you think I was going to fail? Since yeah. You, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I think sometimes they yeah. do think we're going to fail. Yeah. And and they just need to know that, okay, we're in a safe space. <clears throat> we are thriving. Right. You know, parents do ultimately do, do want to see their children do well. Without and, question. And so yeah. I definitely think that for some it's like they they have to just see it for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. It's that confirmation. Absolutely. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, that was this week's Growing Up Gay. Uh, with that being said, we're going to take uh, not a quick break. We're going to move directly. Directly. Directly into Straight our <laughs> Growing and Gay. This time we'll keep moving. <laughs> keep on moving. Uh, all right, so our Growing and Gay, again, if this is your first time listening to the episode, I don't know if it went viral and like now it has 50,000 listens. It's your <laughs> first time here. Um, <laughs> our Growing and Gay segment is where we uh, step out of the put together or the uh, cohesiveness uh-huh. of growing up gay and we allow ourselves to relax. Yeah. We're grown. We're gay. You know. Take your crown off. Take your crown off. Yes. It's... Take your shoes off at the door. Huh? Exactly. Um, so this week I wanted to do a rapid fire and Malik doesn't know these questions that I'm going to ask him. I do not. So I just want to do, we're going to do a 10 question rapid fire. I'm going to answer the questions as well. I did not write out answers for myself either. Want to keep it as off the cuff as possible. So is a weird orgasm face sound noise a turn off for you? Like if they were to scream like, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Donald oh. Trump! I've been with someone that does that, yes. Really? I have. I've never had some, I had someone shake a lot and that was, so the so weird, I, but it was also affirming. I built I built someone with intense shakes. The intense shakes, it was affirming, but but they shook so long it it freaked it me freaked out. you out. Yeah, it freaked me out. Like yeah. they they would shake so hard and so bad, baby. I was like, Are you this, okay? Do we need to call? Somebody? Are you okay? Because I mean, I know. I mean, it's just dick. <laughs> like <laughs> fuck, you know. what I'm saying like I would be wondering like, babe, that should be the title of a book. It's just it's dick. just <laughs> um. Okay, so the next question. Do you enjoy having your balls played with? Yes. I don't. Blowjobs or regular intercourse? Intercourse. Mm, right. It depends on the person. Sometimes I just need my dick sucked. Um, <laughs> what would you do if your partner cheated on you with a friend? Oh. Uh, my friend. <laughs> you would do your friend? 
I said bye friend. Oh, bye friend. I'm about to say your fucking friend too. No, bye oh, friend. Okay. Your friend gotta go. Yeah, absolutely. Barbara gotta go too. Shit. Yeah, everybody gotta go. Everybody. Gotta Everybody's go. going. Pink slips around the. Yeah, yeah. but everybody is getting shipped down. Instead of tens across the board, it's pink slips across. The board. <laughs> everybody gotta go. Yeah, I, I agree. I might call the police too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna set y'all asses up. Period. <laughs> um, is there a sexual fetish that turns you off? Ooh, um, food. Really? It, it depends on what kind of food. Okay, so like... Uh, You're not into strawberries? Uh, or like uh, chocolate? Uh, <laughs> uh-uh. Just, just but, but one thing that this guy has done that was really hot, he gave me head with a, with a frost, ice. with ice cream. Oh. That was hot. So I'm into that. Is it the cold and the warm? It was the cold and the warm. It was, yeah. it was very unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Describe your first kiss. Ooh, first kiss to this girl named Khaled. Khaled or something. Her name was really y'all got the same name. It was very similar to mine. She we kissed in the bushes. She was a great kisser. Come on, bushes. And she was thicker than a snicker. Come on, thickness. Yeah. Um, my first kiss was uh, with a girl named Kia. Kia. Uh, she. Well, yeah. This was this. Well, actually, no. I'm lying. My first kiss was with a white woman. Actually, her Mm -hmm. name was Elizabeth. She was my best friend. Okay. Um, we were forced to kiss because we were both twelve and. Dating, yeah, air quotes there. Um, but we were just best friends, and my brother and her, she has an older sister, I have older brothers, and they were like, Kiss, y'all need to kiss. And I was like, Okay, we kiss, oh, wow. and we bumped tooths. Oh, boom, yeah, so yeah. that was pretty awkward. We laughed about it. Did it hurt? No, good, but it was very funny. Everyone laughed, we laughed. Um, that was my first kiss, yeah. By the way, uh, she kissed me. Oh. Yeah, she 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 went in for the kiss. She said, "I'm gonna take this." She, she, right. she, she knew what she wanted. She, <laughs> she went after it. She went after it. My kind of girls. Uh, have you ever been to a sex party bathhouse or participated in a threesome? Um, and if so, tell us about it. Um, never been to a sex party or bathhouse. Been in a threesome. Uh, got to the house. Um, me and this guy had been hooking up for a while. Just one on one. Got to the house. It was another guy there. They had just finished fucking. I joined in. Start fucking Tag the guy. me in, friend. Yeah, the guy tagged me in. I, I, I get in, start fucking the guy. The other guy goes in the bathroom. He comes back out, starts playing with the guy's nipples while I'm fucking him. They're kind of kissing. Um, I come because I kind of want to leave the scene. Right. It was making me uncomfortable. It was my first time ever, you know, being being a third. Right. So I come really quickly and get dressed and run out. Cool. I've been to one. I've already shared the story. Listen to the podcast if you want to know. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've never been to a bathhouse or a sex party. I want to go to a bathhouse. I I would go to watch, maybe? I, I want to go to Steamworks in Chicago. I just feel like that's a lot of you and me with a lot of me. Yeah. A, a lot of yous, I should say. And I don't know if I need that. We should have flex I'm a, I'm, in Atlanta. I'm an intimacy, one-on-one kind of a guy. I don't really like... We can go and just watch, but I'm going to get into some things if I go, honey. Have fun, friend. I'm going <laughs> I'm to I'm I'm get into some things. Have you ever cried or had your heart broken by another man? Yeah. My first... Actually, interestingly enough, Ben asked me today, um, who's the first the first man to ever break my heart was my dad. Wow. And, and I just realized that like this week. Wow. He was the first That's person. some real shit. It's some real shit, bitch. I've never had my heart broken. No, oh, good for you. Their heart broken. you Period. Period. <laughs> nah, but I've never, I've never had my heart broken. Um, what would you do if you found out the person you were sexting was actually an extended family member? Ooh. You meet this guy. He's heads fine will, as shit. Heads will roll. And- <laughs> heads will roll. <laughs> and that's really your cousin. And it's, <laughs> heads will roll. I'm, I'm, be- I'm beating her ass. Their ass. Everybody ass. 
Period. And and animals today to their mama house and beat her ass. <laughs> Why you ain't telling? Why you ain't telling? Your motherfucking heathen ass child like playing with me. Um, funny enough, this is this has always been a fear of mine when it comes to dating uh, Jamaican men because my grandfather had twenty children. Oh my god. So, and that's just, mind you, that's just on that side. So I'm always like, ooh, we might be related if you're from the Ocho Rios area. Because it's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and funny enough, I remember one time my brother, this is not anything sex related, but my brother was going to fight this guy. And I remember, like, it was it was this big beef my brother had with this dude that he went to high school with. And, like, it came to a thing where, like, dude and his friends and my brother and me and my other brothers and my brother's friends all were, like, going to brawl it out. And as we're like walking up, it was literally like something out of a movie. As we're walking out, one of the dudes on the other, um, one of the friends of the guy that my brother was gonna fight, as we're walking up, starts seeing my brother and he goes, Oh shit, that's so and so. And he runs up to him, he's like, Yo, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm about to fight this nigga. And he's like, Wait, what? You about to fight him? Ain't that your cousin? And my brother, and mind you, my brother was like, What? That's not our cousin. And he was like, I could have sworn I came to. Your house one time, and this lady was here, and you said that was your aunt. And I saw her, her at his house. So, like, ain't, wouldn't that make y'all cousins? And we're all sitting there now, like, wait, what? Hmm? Come to find out, his mother was sisters with one of my aunts. Wow. But we had no clue because it was one of my aunts with my grandfather and one yeah. of his kids that we just don't yeah. communicate with. There's so many of y'all. Because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was our cousin. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> My dad's dad has 25 kids. That's entirely too many children. Entirely. Yeah. Too many children. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He, he so was, I have a lot of family members out there that I don't know about. Grandpapa was a ruler. One of my one of my I can't remember his name, but one of my um, uncles is 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 an is an MLB player. Oh wow. Yeah. He need to send you some Christmas presents. He, he, he owes me. <laughs> okay. A lot of gifts. Um, what's something you haven't experienced? This is the final question. What's something you haven't experienced from love that you hope to experience? I trust you. I love you. I want you. <laughs> and, and I, I need, need you, baby. I I Come on. I need some trust. I, I need some trust. Yeah, that's real. Can I trust your ass to do the right thing? That's my song. You know, KC and Monica said the best. Yeah. She said, <laughs> Let me be the one you can take me for all the things you've seen. KC said, KC said I, I just want him to trust me. Mo said, He should. He should. <laughs> he, should. he should. He should. You know, like, trust. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I need. That's a that's a great answer. And but ultimately, these niggas don't be trusting themselves. So I, say I it. So I can't I can't trust you. To, I can't trust you to trust me or right. to trust you. Right. That's real. That's a good one. Um, I've never lived with a significant other, and that's something I would like to experience. I am scared as hell to do to do that. Really? That is probably the worst fear of mine. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, I mean, I love my. I'm a nigga that loves my own space. Because I, I love my own space, and I'm a very sometimey ass nigga. I am too. But you know what's funny about that? I feel like all human, most humans, are sometimey, but not all of us love our own space like I do. And that's something yeah. I feel like I'm. I'm a. I'm a communicative person. Mm-hmm. So that's something. Prior to moving in, I'm gonna let the person know, like, hey, there's gonna be times you're gonna be like, oh, I don't touch me. I want to watch TV by myself. I don't care if you're there. 
I go into another room. Bitch, if or we're not, sit on if the, we're not living couch. in a house, if we're not living in a big house, we can't live together. Because in apartments, it's not it's not no space for me and you. Well, if you're in the living room and I'm in the bedroom, that's fine. But see, when I am at home and it's daytime, yeah. I like to be in the common area. Well, then they can be in the bedroom. Mm, I, I don't want to know that you're here. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you you want the people that's going to need separate wings. <laughs> or 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 me and my husband, we're only together Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh-uh. I like, I like, I like my... I, I could definitely see myself in a long-distance marriage. See, I could, I could see myself in a situation where, like, we have a big-ass room and we have, like, our own areas. Like, we have a bedroom, but then I have my own den... He yeah. has his own den space. I think I think it'd be cute. Yeah. Too so it's kind of like we meet in the middle when we need to. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um. So that is it for this week's grown and gay. And with yeah. that being said, we're gonna take a quick little break, and we will be right back with y'all. Hey y'all, it's Malik. Aren't you tired of hearing those queens lecturing us? No. Well, I am. So we want to hear from you. Have a question, comment, or some messy tea? Write into the show for our spill it section at growingupgaypodcast at gmail.com. Now back into the show. All right, so we are back with this week's All the Timeline. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, our On the Timeline segment is where we discuss things that are popular where. On the timeline. On the timeline. Whether it's Facebook's timeline, Instagram's timeline, Twitter's timeline, if it's popping, we want to discuss it. Or not really, because we don't care about a lot of that shit. It's really just where we discuss things, fun things happening in the culture. Um, So for this week, the first thing we wanted to tackle was white on white violence at the Capitol. So unless you were under a rock on January (laughs) 6th, the whites decided to revolt. Um after being instructed to do so by their um, big orange booth. Uh, Cheeto, and, Cheeto in chief. Right. The, they're Cheeto in charge. Hey, you know, Cheeto I'm not even going to come for Doritos like that. Um, or Cheetos. Or Cheetos. They're too good. They're too good. They're way too good. They're to way us. too good. Fuck that. entirely too many. He, too much uh, out of life. White, white supremacists in chief. Yeah. So, they. Uh, it started out as a quote-unquote protest. It was never a protest. Um, they stormed the, the Capitol, broke down doors. Five folks died. Five people died, which including no shame. a Capitol policeman. No shame. I don't really feel bad about any of the people that died. I feel bad about about the officer that died. That, yeah. that, that was attacked. Yeah, that's separate. Him but, aside. Him aside. That, that's uh, it. The other four? I don't know. Y'all, y'all know what y'all did. Yeah. Y'all know what y'all did. Where were you when it happened? Friend, when that motherfucker was going down, I was at my house like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get on, I get on the internet and I go on CNN. I'm like, uh, yeah. Funny I, enough, I was, I think I was watching because didn't you, you tweeted me like, yeah. I, like, I hit you was like, like you see this shit? Yeah. Like it, it was at first when I heard, it, I was like, oh, they're just carrying on. Right. You know, I, 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 I thought nothing of it. I thought like, it was but, trivial. I thought it was very trivial. I yeah. thought it was like they were in the streets just maybe knocking, knocking over trash cans. Right. Because you know, usually whenever white people are like, well, I'm gonna make a noise. They're always like, "Hey, you stop that!" And then they're like, "There was, there was a funny enough. There was a tweet at the end of last year that was like white people's version of protesting is saying they're they're not going to support support something and then completely forgetting about it the next week." And that is, I feel like that is the case with most because even for example, I remember there were a lot of people that was like, um, "If if he, 
there's something that happened, and there's the whites were all like, "Oh, we're revolting if this happens." It was something like a few months ago, and they were all like, they all took to their twitters, and they were on their you know Etsy's or what the fuck ever white people use, and they were all like adamant about something Trump related, and then it happened, and it was silence, it was complete crickets. So um, I thought that's what I thought this was gonna be another one of those situations where it was like, "Hey, stop it!" And then I was at work, and I was like, "Let me put on CNN because I see people tweeting about y'all see what's going on at the Capitol," and I put on CNN, and I for like two hours I could not work because I was yeah, yeah. fascinated, fascinated. I was like, "Look at this bull! Look at this bull!" I, I was shocked. I couldn't believe that people were. I my first reaction. I said, "Why aren't they being shot?" Thank you. That, that the first thing I said, I said I wasn't upset. Right. I wasn't angry. No, I was I said, it at I first. said, why aren't they being shot and killed? That's the first I thing was, I said I, because I could not because I just knew that we lived in a country that after the way the Black Lives Matter protesters, yeah, and baby the way they civil rights protesters were treated this past Where summer, were the hoses. And, and mind you, dogs? mind you, they were protesting in public property. Right. You know what I'm saying? In, not in the on streets, government, not federal on federal, property. not on federal property. Like that, 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 that you have to have clearances and all kind of shit. You right. know what I'm saying? But these people were going into federal buildings that are supposed to, you know, be governed in a certain kind of way, right. wrecking havoc and attempting to overthrow the government as they are they counting had ties to tie people up. Yeah, they, they were, were ready. So I couldn't believe that. I could not believe these people were not being killed. Yeah, that was my reaction. Funny enough, for me, at first I was like, "Well, this is juicy. Like this, why don't white violence? This is some drama. This ain't got nothing to do with me. I am not invested in any end of this." I was invested. They, because I thought, "Oh, they about to turn up, and then the police gonna turn up." Yeah. And then I quickly realized, "Oh, this is this isn't no, this isn't that no." This I was like, "Oh, this is just." White privilege. This is white privilege. A glaring, glaring, glaring. Like this, 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 this is what it looks like in in act. Yeah, in verb. This, this is what white privilege looks like. like. This ain't just some bullshit. They over here breaking glass, uh-huh. stealing podiums, uh-huh. stealing mail, in Nancy Pelosi's office with their legs on her damn desk, uh-huh. dirty boot having ass niggas uh-huh. on her desk. Like the police were walking people down steps. Like, I was like, I went from being enamored and entertained yeah. to disgusted. Yeah. And and pissed. Yeah. Because I was like, really? Y'all mm-hmm. couldn't at least, like, pretend to, 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 like, be upset about this? Yeah. Y'all couldn't handle this? Like, they were afraid of them. The, the cops were acting like they were afraid. And then I, I quickly, I also quickly realized they see themselves in these people. Yes. So they're not going to react the way they do at Black Lives Matter protests because they don't see themselves in those people. No. Because black lives don't matter to them. No. They but have, these white they have lives, no, no reference these are their aunties it. and their uncles and their cousins. That's and it. themselves, quite frankly, because a lot some of the people that have been arrested since were off duty police officers. Mm-hmm. Were were and that's the thing also another thing we need to, to get rid of. Like the the idea that most Trump Trump supporters are like rednecks. No. Or like these people no. that live in the woods. That is some of them. But a lot of them are realtors. They are reality TV stars. They are. They work at your grocery they're store. The doctors, the lawyers, the lawyers, the police officers, they're, they're, teachers. they're people of status. They are people of status. There are people that inform and, uh-huh. and and affirm a lot of our experiences. They are. He got seventy four million votes. Do right. you do you think all those folks came down from the fucking mountainside? No. Hell no. The Appalachian can't even hold all them damn people. 
Twelve percent of black men voted for Trump. That ain't my kind of black man. Twelve percent. And some of these black men we know, y'all. That's the gag. Oh, I know some of them. I don't. I don't know. I can. I can say from my knowledge, I don't associate with anyone that voted for Trump. I don't either. But I'm specifically saying that there are black men that I see that are that share similar spaces. Yeah, right. That we share similar spaces, and 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 also that they they they've been bold with because I think a lot of people. Oftentimes, we forget that there are a lot of black conservatives. Oh, yeah. That are pro-life. Yeah. That, and, and, and. And not just the social media ones that are doing it for clout. No. Real Real black conservatives. Right. That are pro-life, that are pro-guns, that are against gay marriage. Right. And they, and those values are near and dear to them. And those values are more important. Than blackness. Than blackness. Because blackness is also not a thing to them. It's not a part of their experience. It's not a part of their experience. No, no longer. They've shed themselves of it because of status, education, you know. um, or just ignorance. Yeah. And then there are some black folks that think that their blackness is tied up with that yeah. because they think that queerness is a part of white supremacy. Another yeah, Whole taps. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So all in all, I just think that um, we forget that there is like a whole group of black folks that you know really do believe in not in trump but in his policies and that's why they vote that way so you know all in all i i i just felt extremely hurt i was triggered um and it really showed us that there is this overt nasty disproportionate treatment of of the way that black folks are treated versus white people i think that we saw that in this last week i'm happy that the media made a a stance to call it what it was Mm -hmm. domestic terrorism absolutely i'm happy that the media made it made a stance to call it what it was insurrection Mm -hmm. um not protesting it wasn't it was not a protest and i was and and i want to say shame on cbs 46 Atlanta, shame on CBS 46 for posting a YouTube video that now has over a half million views saying that watch DC protesters re- returning back to Atlanta. No, these people were not protesters. These people were domestic terrorists. Mm-hmm. And I think for and for a local news news station like that to yeah. take on that stance when we see what it was right. is is really disheartening. Right here in Atlanta, so fuck CBS forty six. Yeah, they gotta do better. Um, y'all gotta do better, but um, I think that white people need have a problem. <laughs> yeah, they, they need to fix their problem. It's called whiteness. And ultimately, I think black people do need to be vigilant more so now than ever because yeah. if these black if these white folks can go to Capitol Hill and storm and nothing happen. Whew. And and now we spend the we we spent the last two weeks watching them round them up one by one. Did you hear about the guy that was like, I only eat vegan vegan food? food. And did you know they gave they it gave to it him? to him? That pissed me off. Yeah, that really pissed because me off. because he was a he, he was a danger to himself. That's Bitch, why. die die. 
I did think I will say I did think it was hilarious seeing like all the airport footage of people that like I love the it. ones that left a little too late and they were, realized they were, they were on a no fly and, and they couldn't and they couldn't get back right and the dude was like I was just protecting my First Amendment right sir the First Amendment does not say anything about trespassing on federal property Man. breaking glass stealing podi like you treated me like a black person you treated right. me like a black person like sir 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 cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Yeah. So, with that being said, there's only a few more days left in um, Trump's presidency. He, he was impeached a second time. He was impeached for the second we time. We need to convict. We need to convict. We need yes. to convict. I hope it will happen. Mitch McConnell seems to be in favor of it, allegedly. We never know. Yeah. I do want to say that specifically, um, that people who are affected by this, you know, regardless of your race, you yeah. do need to take shelter and what i mean by that is some type of practice that will help you cope with this trauma that we yeah. are seeing perpetuated in every facet of our lives digitally it's it's pushed um to our phones everywhere mm-hmm. we go it seems like these things are impacting our lives so definitely creating carving out some space for us to have solitude and peace mm-hmm. to that's important to recalibrate it's important yeah it is important and i will say i think even for the conservative party out there let Trump go. If you all want to bring more people on your side, because the reality is America is built up of two of, of a few different sides, but there's three main sides. People that are left, quote unquote left, that are more liberal, right? Then there are people that are, quote unquote, right, that are more conservative. And then there's a lot of people in the middle. There are a lot of people in the middle. And, the, and, and I would even argue to say <clears throat> that there are more people in the middle than there are people on the left. Well, well, yes, that's what I meant to say. I feel like a lot of quote unquote liberal, a lot of quote unquote progressive people have a lot of conservative values. The moderates, the a moderates, lot of moderates, uh-huh. and I feel like there's a lot. There's especially there have become a lot more. And I'll say this: one thing Trump did a good job of doing was marketing against Democrats. Yes. He and his team did a really good job of, of highlighting the fact that Democrats aren't for the people the way Democrats say they are for the people. Just because they're more for the people than the Republicans tend to be, it doesn't mean that they're truly for, for the, the people. people. And what a lot of, and I want to call it blind, I want to call it blind ignorance a lot of people realized, like, fell into that, and they were like, oh, let's look at the Democrats, because we've known the Republicans aren't for us for a long time, and at least they're standing in their not-for-us-ness. So now I need to look at the Democrats and wonder what the hell is going on over there, as opposed to being like, well, they do more for us than y'all do, so even though that is the case, I'm going to have to go ahead and settle. There's a lot of people, and they feel like they're making this grandstand, and I'm not here to speak against it in any kind of way. Listen, do what you need to do. But I just want us to, to the the conservatives out there, if y'all really want this next, a chance in the next election, let go of Trump. <clears throat> Trump, it, Trump, honestly, <clears throat> I think people are saying that that this is like a tale of two, of, 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 of um, three parties, mm-hmm. Democrat, Republican, and then Trump. And I agree. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that, you know, conservative values 
have not always been aligned with people like Donald Trump, but now they are. They are. Now they yeah. are. Now conserv- now, now conservatism yeah. is synonymous with Trump. And I think it's so funny because a lot of things they, cl- they claim to stand for, has no. Trump has no... He, he has that, no standing. That, but see... He don't know nothing about the Lord. You have to think nothing. about... The base has been energized in such a way that they've never been before. Yeah, they feel validated. They feel they feel validated, and the and elected of, yes, and the elected officials in these areas that people are voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. These people, only way they can keep their seat is if they stay pro-Trump. Exactly. So even if they don't agree, and and but they want their job, they're gonna get behind. They're gonna get behind what Trump has to say, right. or be quiet. And in right. in and, and, and honestly, and complicity, yeah, is validating. Yeah. That what he's saying is 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 truthful. Without question. So I think that you know we have to truly drain the swamp, and that means yeah. that get rid of people who have hate rhetoric, and also get get rid of people who support and propagate hate. And that yeah. means that all these Congress people that were trying to contest the, a fair election, right, should go. Yeah, all these senators that were trying to contest a fair election should Cruz go. Cruz gotta go. Cruz gotta go because at the end of the day, you were a part of the issue. Right. You are why these people felt so endeared exactly. to go down there and right. fuck up our capital. Blood is on y'all's hands. It's on your hands, period. Yes. So that's that on that. Yeah. Uh, the very last topic that we're touching on for on the timeline is the brilliance. Very opposite of what we were discussing. We were mm-hmm. just discussing a bunch of idiots, a bunch of ingrates, a bunch of um, people that don't have the range. Now we're discussing somebody that has all of the range. Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan recently released her new project. It's an EP. Uh, it's called Hotels. Feelings. Um, again, that's Hotels. And it is brilliant. I'm absolutely in love with the project. Me, personally, I don't think Jasmine Sullivan has a bad album. Um, some people didn't love Reality Show for whatever reason. I thought it was brilliant. I thought this. I um, thought Reality Show was better than this. And I think that's the irony. I think a lot of people, especially millennials, relate more to this than they did to to reality show because reality show what Jasmine did with reality show was similar to what she did with this right yeah and I've I've realized that while listening to it it's a lot of paralleling like this oh, is what the concepts are the very same yeah they're very it's similar. honestly the same like, album even ma- mascara to me is the other side not yes. I'm sorry no it's not mascara yeah my is it mas- yeah my it is mascara it's, it's it is mascara mascara, mascara yeah. and the other side to me are super similar uh-huh. it's just the the delivery yes. and how she's gone about it is yes. different and i think it's so interesting how <clears throat> marketing delivery and um a little bit of time can allow people to view things so differently even yeah. though they they fall in a similar because i mean for example example um put it down is really um damn what I thought was really interesting about this album versus um, reality, reality show? show was that this album to me was more bite size. Oh yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a quick it's a quick bite. It's a, it's a quick bite, bites. and reality show had more meat and more depth to it. Even with oh. these, even with these hotels, I feel like they're 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 not. I wish it was more meat to it. Yeah, put it. What I was gonna say is put it down to me is like let it burn. Put it down. Is that her new album? Yeah, put okay. it down is on the is the he put it down, put it down, put it down, Cute. put he put yep. it down. That, yeah, I like that song. Yeah. I like that song. That's my shit. Um I said it's the D. I like I said, I'm absolutely in love with hotels. My favorite songs on the album right now are the other side listen. That other side record speaks to my soul. Not because I want to get my butt done. But 
I feel like that was a lot of who I was in my early 20s that like I always felt like I was going to bump into this like fine man that was just going to like pull me up and he was going to have money and I, I was going to be able to live this great life. And then I realized, much like I said earlier, I'm not blessed with certain privileges and by certain privileges, I mean, I don't look good enough <laughs> and I'm just it's a very, it's a very honest, transparent conversation. This is not uh, a pity or self I'm not, I don't need nobody to tell me I'm fine, but I am not conventionally attractive enough. I don't have the body that the men that do that are looking for. Mm -hmm. They are looking for, it's it's two extremes. You either need to be slim, pretty, and tight, Mm -hmm. or you need to be strong, very masculine, built, and, you know, ready to to destroy. Right, domineering. Yeah. Right. And I'm somewhere in the middle. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. because of that but that wasn't how I felt a lot of my early like 20s was like oh I just can't wait to meet someone that's gonna be like you know that's gonna pull me up and gonna do it and now what I've now realized is I'm that person yes and I'm gonna do it for my fucking self uh-huh. so I need to do what I need to do to provide the lifestyle and buy myself the nice things etc yep. etc et um, but yeah I don't know I'm I'm absolutely in love with this album it's the singing? The singing? I watched her tiny disc. Uh, and the singing is the, the the vocals are flawless. Can I just say really quickly? No one handles the bottom section of a song like Jasmine Sullivan. Because they're listen, Girl Like Me, the other side, um all throughout this album, if you just on it, all throughout this album, if you just zone out and listen to the bottom of the it's all Jasmine. And it's very subtle, but it's so... She has... Jasmine Sullivan has a magnificent way of utilizing her voice and her whole body to color records. Like, the nasal... Like, she uses nasality. She uses riffs. She uses runs. She uses tonation. Like, she just... She paints the most beautiful pictures with her voice. And it's masterful. I was watching her tiny desk. And her performance with her is like a masterclass. It is a masterclass. Because you have her who, by the way, do not sleep. Her is singing her ass off as well. Mm-hmm. Like her is doing, there's some brilliant imp- improv there from her. There's some beautiful falsetto head voice notes. Like they played off, it was like a wave. Yeah. Like two waves. One was out at shore when it needed to be. One was, like it was just beautiful. Yeah. But Jasmine is so masterful. And if you just listen to the way that she would, like, lower her larynx at certain points to create, like, the husky warmth. And then, like, she would bring her jaw. Oh! Like, she has great technique. I talked to And people. also, oh, she listen. knows her voice. To the, she listen. knows her voice. She knows. She really has a deep understanding of her instrument. That's why she right. can do those things. Right. And do it so flawlessly. Flawlessly. Because she has a confidence mm-hmm. and she trusts her instrument without question and i think that's so beautiful about watching her on stage yeah. why she can get lost in these songs yeah. and make it sound just so effortless because so it, effortless it, 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 and it's, it is that way to her yeah. you know she's really well connected to the music I, I say this all the time there's like a difference between being like a singer a vocalist and then a good singer mm-hmm. like and a lot of people and i think social media did this where like and youtube really that's if we're gonna call a thing a thing the YouTube comment section did this where we made people think like, oh, being a vocalist is like the the grand dame. Like yeah. that's the peak of, of of voice and when you're a vocalist. Yeah. And I've come to realize that, like, no. 
being a good singer is far more important than being a vocalist. Yeah. Because a vocalist to me is somebody that like is technically good at what they're doing. I was going to say but that. Just because you're a technically good singer mm-hmm. does not mean a technically just excuse me, let me specify. Just because you're technically good at what you're doing and you mm-hmm. are a vocalist, mm-hmm. it doesn't make you a good singer. Correct. A good singer doesn't always have great technique mm-hmm. because they know in order for them to really connect with people, mm-hmm. it needs to come from within. It's an emotive thing. It's yep. a connection. It's passion. Thing. It's, passion. It's, passion. it's passion. It's deliverance. Delivery. Truly. Like Truly. it's about what you're delivering and how yeah. you're delivering it to the people. And like that isn't always perfect sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it like, can't be. It can't be. It can't be. It can't. You know what? Because when you're singing about life, right. it's life not always perfect. pretty. Right. And it's so gritty. a vocalist is going to deliver that top notch vocal. For yeah. You. But a good singer is gonna go into their depth of their and soul and it. make you feel it. And that's what Jasmine is. She's a brilliant singer. And yeah. it's just oh, I love this album. I love her so much. I'm just so thankful that she is back. Yeah. Um, Jasmine, five stars. Five stars. I agree. Truly. Like I agree. that tiny desk. I want, uh, the coat, the, the hair. The everything. Everything. You can tell she's just only only thing I would have wanted, and that's just mm-hmm. because I'm just a girl's girl. I would have wanted to see her in a pump. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only thing I would have yeah. wanted to see her in a nice five inch Louboutin. Yeah, or a boot, a thigh high boot, right. up to up to pat up, you know, bitch, up to her fucking pussy. <laughs> I would love to see her in a boot like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But she gave me what she gave me, and I loved it. And yeah. I consumed it, and it was beautiful. It was just ugh, every, listen. I will buy the tour tickets now. Yeah. Okay. 2022, let's go. Let's go. I'm well, I might even risk getting going 2021. I just I need the that was it was an experience. Yeah. All of it. Like, ugh. Jasmine, kudos. Love you so much. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that was this week's episode of Yes It Was Up Gay. We hope you all enjoyed it. It was a little bit longer than we have been doing for the past few weeks, but hey. hopefully it was worth it to you all uh, for you all. As always, if you have any questions for us, if you like for and, us and to you discuss, know what, and if it wasn't worth it, don't tell us. <laughs> um, if you do have any questions for us if there's anything you'd like to hear us discuss or if you just want to check in with us if you want to give us some money to promote a product you can reach out to us at Vaughn at Growing Up Gay Malik at Growing Up Gay um, or GrowingUpGay at gmail.com and that's G-R-O-W-I-N Up Gay all of this stuff will be in the spaces below so in the meantime we hope you all have a wonderful week and we'll catch y'all Next time. Hello. Peace.